0: you miss 100% of the shots, you don't take. They don't have what we're doing. No one has it in the country. That's something that really, really interests me and really excites me. Those big accomplishments, those big achievements, those are the things you'll remember forever. But those little day-to-day things that you don't realize, those are the things that people really need to appreciate and keep on doing. I think the worst thing you can do is bury that stuff down And not deal with it. Some people, they they keep that stuff in and it kind of burns a hole in them. Have you
1: ever done anything like this before?
0: Never. Day by day, like, they come up with like another road bump. Will we be successful? Yes. What will our timeline be? I don't know. We knew we had to learn everything. This wasn't like we had years to learn. Something like alerted them. They're like, something's not right. And I remember, like, I'm texting you, I'm texting other people, like, they they might lower my profile again. I woke up thinking I was going to be sitting in a tank for the next (laughs) few years of my life. I'm just thinking, Right now, I want to be able to look back on my life and be like, I can write a book about all the things I did. I believe like you get one life, might as well do it right.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Humanizing Success Podcast. My name is Jake Benin. I am your host. Uh, I wanted to first say thank you guys so much for the support. We've been getting a lot of support lately and uh, and a lot of uh, really nice comments. So thank you so much. If you guys are new here, thanks for joining. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, all the main streaming platforms. Um, And yeah, if you get any value from this, feel free to subscribe and and follow along for more. So today we are here with Max Sinton, my very good friend. Uh, We're actually in Israel, so I'm I'm here for a couple weddings, visit my girlfriend. And uh, so we had the chance to to sit down here and speak a little bit because... Max has some exciting things going on in his in his life right now, so we'll we'll get into it in a minute. But so the first topic that we usually speak about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on, is when you think about success and someone who's successful, what do you who are you picturing in your head, or not not necessarily a person that you can tell
0: us, but what does that person have? What are they doing? I think honestly, it's a great question. Um, and I think it's something that it's hard to answer because when you think about success and if you just break it down from when you're a little kid, what do you, like when it comes to getting success and when you, what you hear about as a kid growing up, yeah. success might be your extracurricular activities. Perfect. <laughs> it took me a minute for that one. But, uh, <laughs> um, sports, uh, school, getting good grades. Um, yeah. Any, anything like that, like the, like the more kind of like little achievements. And then as you kind of grow older and you create your own goals and everything, you achieving those goals, I think kind of gives you a sense of you're achieving success or you are successful. I don't think there should be one way to define success because yeah, what I might find successful for me might not be what you define as success and what Elon Musk defines as success. Is not what I define as dis- sure. success, so it's a tough question to answer. But I think for me, at the end of the day, I'm happy. I have great friends, great family. I got a roof over my head, food and water, and uh, so in that aspect, I, I consider myself su- uh, successful.
1: Awesome. I mean, that's that's the kind of the point of the podcast is that there's so many different one. There's so many different aspects of success, and everyone's gonna have a sort of a different view of what it means to achieve success and so kind yeah. of seeing that okay this person thinks about it a little that way and I never thought about it like that so.
0: yeah. for me growing up like my grandma we always talked about the little things and the big things in life those big things like those big accomplishments those big achievements those are the things you'll remember forever but those little day to day things that you don't realize those are the little things that make you happy Yeah, I think those are the things that people really need to appreciate and, uh, and keep on doing
1: yeah, I think, uh, especially the little things are almost more important than the big things and we yeah. sort of brush over them most of the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you mentioned your grandma right now. I, I, and when, once you hit on something, I want to ask about it. So was she, is she kind of like a, someone who's influenced you a lot in your, I guess, philosophy and, and lifestyle, I guess? Um,
0: I guess speaking of both my grandparents, um, uh, my mom's parents, yeah. um, Always been very close with them, a very close relationship with them, and they've always, in like my childhood, there was um a lot of issues. My, my parents divorced right when I turned like what 11, 12, yeah. right, right around there. And um, they were always, they became a big part of my life and everything, and always uh, supported me financially with college, studies, going to overnight camp, and everything. So they were part of every decision on the way. Like yeah. here we are sitting in Israel, and we can get into that later. If, how yeah, they we how I got to this point and everything but they were a huge part of that and discussing like why and everything so i guess um besides them being like my grandparents they both had their own kind of success in what they did my grandma doing uh she had her own like beading and jewelry stuff going on and then my grandpa was a dentist and they're kind of mentors
1: and so seeing them you i mean your grandma having her own thing is she her being sort of an entrepreneur in that way and your your grandpa having his own practice right yeah so seeing that kind of leads us into maybe a bit where we are today and you're starting to do your yeah. own thing. Do you think that's sort of a seeing that earlier on has made you have more of that mindset of wanting to do your own thing? And uh, obviously, you can give a little background what you do right now, but uh, it's you'll say whether that's what you want to do for the rest yeah. of your life or not. But give a little bit of background and kind of catch us up a little bit what you're doing right now.
0: So... What I'm doing with your right current now, job? With, with my it, current job, yeah, your your day to day job. So currently, in my day to day job, I am working in software sales at an information security company, which is great. Um, the You've been doing good. that for how long? I've been doing that since September. Okay. So, which is great. Um, I like sales. I'm talking to people all the time. I'm not sitting down with my head in my computer and and all that. So, I do. I do really like it. But um, at the end of the day, uh, entrepreneurship has been something that really interests me because I think working for yourself and doing exactly what you want to do and having your own thing, I think that'll bring me a lot, of, a lot of happiness. So that's the route that I'm starting to head into.
1: And when you say a lot of happiness, what specifically about entrepreneurship you think brings happiness?
0: I think it's a mix of having my own company in a field that I strongly enjoy and waking up and just being excited to go out and do what I have to do, whether it's meetings or yeah. or who knows, whatever is going on in the kind of day-to-day operations.
1: I've heard a lot of people who are entrepreneurs and who are down that road, they say, like, it, they, they oftentimes speak about freedom. Like, it brings a lot more freedom. Like, obviously, maybe you're doing more work and things like that, but you're doing yeah. it for yourself, maybe, and for, for a purpose that you find value in. So I don't know if that's something that... Yeah,
0: no, exactly. I, I really do think I couldn't agree more. It brings a lot of freedom because at the end of the day, you're calling the shots. Right now, yeah. my current day-to-day job and everything, I'm not calling the shots. I go to work and I get told what I have to do and I have a bunch of different uh, assignments or yeah. whatever I need to put together for the day and I know what I need to do. And now that I kind of have the freedom to explore um, kind of different ways and tactics on how to run a business, that's something that really, really interests me and really excites me.
1: And it's not for everyone i mean there's along with that freedom comes a lot more responsibility yeah. and work and, and things like that and people at different points in their life maybe that's for them and maybe not but um so now within how long ago did you start doing uh, something new a little bit about two
0: months ago going on three
1: okay and give us a brief we don't want to get into specifics because we're still in the the beginning phases but give us a little whatever you can yeah. on, on what's going on and why why you started this
0: of course so as you know um, I'm a big fan of going out for drinks uh, for drinks and yeah. having a good time with friends going to different parties events social events the good life. and yeah all the, all the good things <laughs> in life the little things that we get to appreciate every yeah. once in a while yeah and um, so I was thinking um, I'm, I'm 26 years old I drink alcohol mm-hmm. I like alcohol and there's a certain type of alcoholic beverage that is in in America and yeah. in certain parts of Europe that's doing very well. And it's one of my favorite drinks to have. And we're thinking, me and a few friends, my few of my business partners, why hasn't this made it here? Yeah. Why hasn't it made it to Israel? So after doing a little bit more market research and everything, we found out the drink wasn't kosher and then after we got in touch with um with uh, the head of product development for one of these big companies and we're like Okay, like, why haven't you guys come into the Israeli market and all this? And he's like, listen, the ingredients were not kosher. None of our factories and plants are kosher. We would either have to um, make every, reverse engineer everything, make it kosher, get kosher certifications for all of our factories and all of our products, yeah. or we'd have to open up a factory in Israel. And if we didn't open up the factory in Israel, then we have to deal with an importing and exporting license and all the taxes. And he's like, it's not profitable. We'd have to charge way too much for the drink. It's something we wouldn't see a return on investment on for a very long time.
1: They'd have to do too much backtracking. Yeah. Um, just to catch the audience up, if they don't know what kosher is, do you have a, a short <laughs> explanation for that?
0: Um, honestly, no. I really should <laughs> <laughs> go look up.
1: Look, go look up yeah, what kosher means. Basically, if you have any kosher. Um,
0: in Israel, uh, for those of you that have never been in the religion of Judaism, a big thing is to eat kosher, and um. There's a whole, it's it's something under Jewish law, and there's a whole different list of certifications and things certain foods and, on, on and our...
1: processes of how foods are, you know, made and created that yeah. uh, determines that.
0: Yeah, for I example, think. in Israel, I can't eat bacon. Bummer, but um, not kosher. Do you eat bacon? What? Do you eat bacon?
1: In America, all the time. You don't eat bacon here at all? Well, you can't get good bacon here. It's okay. like a fake
0: like, okay. imitation bacon. Huh. Interesting
1: so another question which sort of comes from your new startup let's say uh, why all of a sudden what, what what brought you to that thought of thinking oh, okay there's a gap here in the market like where did that come from um why if, now i guess
0: honestly well, we're kind of discovered the idea because you go to a liquor store and you go to get or you go to a bar or whatever and they don't have what we're doing okay. no one has it in the country so then after that we're just thinking okay Why isn't it here? We did our research. And then the next part, which was the hardest part, is how do we get started? Yeah. And getting started, that was tricky because at the end of the day, I've been living in the country for almost four years. Yeah. But when it comes to business law and everything, we had no clue where to start. Yeah. So there's a bunch of different Facebook groups and everything. And that's where we kind of started where we posted in a Facebook group called Secret Renano. Okay. Hey, me and my friends, we want to go into the alcohol manufacturing business. We don't know anything about the laws how to register business to do anything yeah and a bunch of people responded saying like hey like write me a message here's my number call me let's set up a time to talk and we spoke with a few different uh business advisors and a lot of um like uh people who made aliyah yeah and Chadashim, if you don't know what that is the people that make aliyah making aliyah is when people kind of immigrate to israel move here get israeli citizenship yeah so a couple of Americans, this one Australian guy who's become our main advisor, and a British guy who kind of said, "Okay, like this is what you need to do." They laid everything out for us. And it was a lot of filing paperwork, lots of lots of paperwork for very simple things. Yeah. And it was it's all how he- the country works. Yeah, <laughs> and it was all in Hebrew, and I don't really know how to read Hebrew, yeah. so having uh, experienced people, most of the guys that we work with are advisors that they're startup consultants. Gotcha. And having them kind of hold our hand through that process was great. And, um, again, it took a little while, still waiting on some of the legal stuff and everything. but sure. um, Yeah, so that's... They made it a lot easier. Yeah, they made it a lot, a lot easier. So,
1: to do all that, though, I think of you as someone, just from knowing you for a while, uh, regardless of this, you have a lot of uh, confidence. Thank you. And uh, whether it's starting something new, trying something new, speaking, going to speak to some random person, like, I mean, you go to trips to Europe and you just, like alone and you just end up with yeah. like a whole group of, of friends and um I think it's a very good trait, but I also think it's something that is important in business and especially entrepreneurship and something that I'm sure has helped you along this way. But where do you think have you always been like super confident?
0: Yeah, um honestly if Like, as, like, you've known me for the last few years, like, you can definitely agree that I'm definitely more of an extrovert, not an introvert. Yeah. And, um, I think the confidence really comes from is that if you accept yourself and if you accept who you are mentally and physically, then you'll have confidence. I think it's kind of starts with the deeper thing, um, with yourself. And just because you have confidence doesn't mean you need to be running around, talking to everyone, doing all these things. Everyone can kinda of show it in their different way. But um I've always been kinda of the loud child and everything growing up. And um I guess that's kinda of where it's where it stems from. I guess I'll throw a quote at you. Go for from, it. From uh let's see maybe if you can guess who said it. Okay. You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. I've heard it a million times, but I Kobe? No. Greatest hockey player of all time. There's Wayne your Gretzky. There you go. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Played for the LA Kings, where you're yeah. From? from. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny, I have like a, in one of the houses we we lived in, there was, someone had left a oh, a stick and it had Wayne Gretzky's name on it, but I don't know if it was real or not, but anyways, that's yeah. the only reason
0: I know who, who he yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, and I bring up that quote because um my biggest fear in life is living a life of regret. So, I really think taking every opportunity you can in life, then kind of... Kind of, what's, what's that saying? Like, seize the moment. Yeah. And everything. I think that's something super important because I don't want to look back on my life in what I'm 26 in 30 years when, I, when I hopefully have a wife and a family and kids and be like, yeah. I wish I did this when I was younger. I wish I did that when I was younger.
1: Now, with that mindset, there's going to be things that you do that are maybe failures or or maybe. Not the thing you want, or not the like. Don't bring the outcome you wanted. Yeah. How do you deal with with those
0: failures? Of, like when you fail at something, it's a life lesson. It's like okay, let's sit down and think about this. I did this wrong. I did that wrong. I could have did. The, I could have done this different. Yeah. Um, I guess it kind of depends on the situation. Sure. And everything, and like kind of the magnitude, because at the end of the day, I, I could. I could fail in the morning at getting up on time and getting to the bus and delay my whole day or it could have been like in college failed a big exam or at work right now I work in tech sales like I messed up a deal because I wasn't on my game. Um, At the end of the day everything's a lesson and it kind of depends on how you bounce back from that.
1: And for you specifically how do you not dwell on the the bigger losses let's say like what do you have like a
0: I guess, something in your head that you, the way you deal with it? I'm trying to think. Um I guess any time in life where it's come to, like, something big yeah. that I've either failed at or I regretted something really heav- heavily, I guess, like, the most important thing is acknowledging it and working your way past it. I think the worst thing you can do is is bury that stuff down and not deal with it. Yeah. I know everyone has their own way of dealing with things and coping with things, but... um, I do think that some people, they, they keep that stuff in, no matter what it is, and they don't get it out, and it kind of burns a hole in them. When you say get it out,
1: how can one do, or how do you do that, I guess, because you can only speak for yourself, but
0: for me, do you I, talk to people, or? Yeah, I talk I talk to friends, talk okay. to family, and, um, like when I, I used to like write stuff down, and everything, especially when I was in school, yeah, I was like we we served in the army together. Had a little notebook and basic training. I'd write stuff down that we did every day, and that only lasted about a couple months before <laughs> before I lost patience with myself. But um, yeah, but yeah, just like just acknowledging it. It doesn't matter how you do it, but acknowledging something, yeah, it's it's, it's crucial.
1: Kind of accepting that is okay. This is something that happened, but yeah. moving forward. I agree. Yeah. Um, so speaking about confidence and your new business, do you think you'll succeed?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm someone where I don't like to, th- I don't like to think like, uh, this could be risky. I don't know. Yeah. I think we will succeed. I think a lot of things will go into it, but, um, it's a process, I man. At the end of the day, you got to trust the process. Life is a process. Um, and it depends on how we work, how we market everything, um, we work with our manufacturer, and right our manufacturers in Vietnam. Yeah. And, um... Have you I... ever
1: done anything like this before?
0: Never. Never. It's been a lot of research, a lot of using ChatGPT to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, like, day by day, like, we come up with, like, another road bump. So, will we be successful? Yes. What will our timeline be? I don't know. We want to get launched uh, by, uh, mid-end of the summer. As we do see, it's more of like a summary kind of vibe thing. Yeah, And, um, no, we're super excited. We're starting to roll out all of our marketing stuff, all of our socials and everything in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And I
1: can't, I can't tag anything yet, but I'll, I'll tag Max's social in the end and hopefully you'll, you guys can follow up with him because it's honestly going to be very exciting and uh, pretty big, I think. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you. So we, we sort of talked about challenges as far as starting the new business, um, we didn't get too much into it, so I was wondering if you could talk about because the product that you're talking about has never been here. There's been, I know you briefly spoke to me about some of the challenges you face, but I feel like it's more they're pretty lengthy. Yeah. Um. So, what kind of things have you had to do as far as going to other countries and um, challenges like
0: that? Yeah. So I guess I'll start with um, we we talked about our first challenge, which was. Learning how to get the business set up here, yeah, and everything, and Israeli business laws, and importing and exporting, and figuring all that. After we got past that, and we started speaking with investors to seek out some funding, went to a good amount of investors, and they're like, "Okay, cool. We see we can look up what this is doing in other countries. We know it's going to be successful there. How do you know that Israelis are going to accept this here? How do you know that there's going to be a marketing acceptance?" Sure. So then we put together. Our PR guy put together a big 20, 30-question survey Okay. that we sent out strictly to non-Americans and non-Canadians where this product is already a big thing and it's already a multi-billion dollar market. Okay. So really only targeted Israelis, a good amount of friends from South America. Was that through yeah. social media? Um, through social media, a little bit through the social media and a little bit of us just being like, hey, okay, we have this idea. Would you please just do this survey? And then we offered it like an incentive, like, hey, you felt the survey, you'll be entered in a raffle to win this, this and that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we got a lot of responses and then we a little over a thousand. And then that's where we were able to present it to investors, like there will be a marketing acceptance here. We have we found this, this and this trend from Israelis, this is and this trend from from these other people, like another different uh, groups inside the country. Yeah and once we were able to move forward with that we're like okay we need a product so then we looked into a lot of things and if you've never been to Israel you um something you should know for when you come is that it's in a very very expensive country yeah and um manufacturing something inside of Israel was going to be too much money okay but it was important for us to have a kosher product and you go outside of Israel and it, gets uh, it dwindles a little bit on what's kosher and what's not kosher. Sure. So after doing lots and lots and lots and lots of research, we found a, a manufacturing plant in in uh, Vietnam that is kosher. And fun fact. That's correct. Um, yeah, fun fact. You know the aloe vera water here with the little cubes in it? Yeah, yeah. This is from that manufacturer. No way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so um so you found it through them,
0: sort of? No, we, we found this by luck of just going through all these different uh, manufacturers' huh. websites. And we were on it. And at the end of it, it said kosher certification, halal certification, wow. and this and that, and whatever. And we got in touch with them and um, sent our ingredients list that we were able to try here at a microbrewery. Ah, okay, gotcha. And um, we sent it to them. They sent us samples back just to make sure like they, they knew what they were doing. They could yeah prepare it properly and um we're on the way with that but we had to have a rabbi the over there go right. and check out the, ma- the manufacturing plant to make sure it's actually kosher yeah. even though they they already
1: produce something for for israel yeah okay
0: because it comes from a different it's it's not under the same roof it's ah, a okay, giant gotcha. uh, thing yeah and um because all the the way it kind of works is all the ingredients of the drink that's nothing it's not rock and science it's, it's an alcoholic drink yeah and um it's all things ingredients that are already improved by the Ministry of Health, so okay. we didn't have to have any special go through any testing with uh, with this and that ingredient or whatever. Yeah, okay. It good. was very straightforward. We got approval, and then we're able to go for a patent from there. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So it's been a process, <laughs> and then um, like the main thing is just uh, like um, learning a different business culture, because the way that they do business in Vietnam is not how they do business in right. Israel, and it's. Really not how to do business in America. Yeah, I'm getting. Um, I have a like a sales representative and a product uh, manufacturing representative, and they're facetiming me on WhatsApp. Then like the middle of the day, and they're calling me in the evening with yeah. like different questions and everything. So you're
1: having to be like a sort of a mediator between everything, yeah. or is it or is it more important to find the right people who understand maybe both cultures a little bit?
0: Yeah, so it's a little bit of both. Yeah, and. I've I've taken this. This has been my main project right now inside the company. Yeah. Um, as the CEO, and um, it's <laughs> it no it's it's been a process. Um, it's definitely been a big learning experience. Um, yeah. And everything, and I'm hoping right now everything's been running smoothly, and I'm hoping it continues that way. It
1: won't. I yeah. mean, it won't be smooth. No, perfect, I'm but- sure.
0: I'm sure every so the minimum shipment we can we can make from the from the manufacturing plant is sixty thousand cans. Yeah. If you ask me where I'm putting sixty thousand cans right now, I don't know. Sure. Um, <laughs> you get
1: the problem, you find the solution.
0: Later. Yeah. So some will go in my apartment. Yeah. Some will storage. <laughs> we'll have to go storage things. Some will go in my business partner's apartment. Just get
1: like ten friends and like rent out pieces of their
0: apartment and exactly. It'll be good. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. But the the next thing that we're working on right now is. We're, this will come into uh, either the port in Asdod or the port in uh, Haifa. Okay. The big shipping container. Yeah. And it's like, okay, now we need to get a truck. Right. And then we need to find storage. And when we get to the shipping container, like, do they just drop a, cont- a container off and we have to move everything on our own? Yeah. We don't know. No one really knows. No one's really really uh, going out and, uh, and telling us because it's not something. Uh, if, if you look at, like, the more popular drinks here. Like Gold Star and Israeli beer, and a lot of these other um, like European big beer companies, like Budweiser, yeah, have manufacturing plants here. What do you mean here? Like in Israel? Yeah, like 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 the beer, like Budweiser, Ah, is American beer, but it's manufactured. They have it manufactured in Israel. Okay. So, we couldn't really find someone to tell us like how it exactly works with picking everything up. So that'll I'm sure that'll just kind of be a shit show. Just the day that that happens. Yeah. Um So what I'm hearing
1: is you don't need to have all the answers.
0: No. You don't need to have all the answers. It's nice to have all the answers, but yeah. at the end of the day, if you have all the answers in life, then congratulations to you. You probably wouldn't be you've as cracked, fun. You crack the code and you beat the system. Yeah, but it probably wouldn't yeah. be as fun. Everyone likes a little mystery in life, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So that's gonna be an issue. Hopefully it's not an issue, but who knows? And then, um, and, I mean, it sounds like you guys have the, the mindset to deal with it,
1: anyways. So yeah, that's the most important thing.
0: Yeah, and then after that, it just comes down to marketing. Yeah. setting up a lot of different events with different clubs and bars um, in Tel Aviv. Yeah, right now we're we're a team of we're a team of five of us right now, and we don't have the resources to be in every city in the country because there is I'd say the biggest nightlife scene and the kind of social scene and people like around our age is in Tel Aviv. Sure. But then you have Eilat and you have Be'er Sheva and you have Haifa and you have yeah. all these different places around the country that we'll get to at some point. But for now, just kind of starting in the central uh, area. And so getting events advanced, um, advanced and co-sponsorships and uh, partnerships with different liquor stores will be yeah. on the shelves and everything, which right now, we're as we have more samples coming in, that's going to be something in the next couple of weeks where we go around to different liquor stores, kind of give them a little pitch let them try a product and then continue from there sweet yeah. and
1: I mean a huge part of every business now is social media and that kind of allows you to be in multiple places at once yeah. which is great so um, we'll be looking forward to that and I hope that once you're out and going we'll, we'll have you back on and uh, I'll get out here hopefully and give it a try and we'll do a live tasting and yeah. you know, all that good send stuff send you some so, merch and some swag to wear sounds around good. Uh, Perfect. Cali yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so going off of sort of you're talking about the cultural differences and sort of having to sort of having to adapt to different types of people and, and new things. You've been living in this country for how long? Since December
0: 2019. Same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we
1: moved here together, we did all that, we joined the army together, so yeah. back to how we met and all that good stuff. Uh, we were roommates for a long time until I recently moved back to LA, but how was, let's go back to before the business, Why did you move here first?
0: I guess let's go back to the year to properly tell the story to the year 20 summer 2016 or summer 2017. Um, I went on birthright and for those of you who don't know what birthright is, it's a free 10 day trip for Jews to come to Israel and you go from top to bottom and get to explore a bunch of different parts of the country, your Jewish identity and all that. I absolutely love the country. Made amazing friends on my birthright trip, and on your trip, you have uh, some Israeli soldiers who are with you, and they're not in their uniform, they're just, it's kind of a vacation from them, from the Army.
1: Yeah.
0: And two of them are some of my best friends to this day. And after that, I went back to school. At that point, I was uh, studying at the University of Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, I had to throw <laughs> one of those in there. and um, And yeah, I got to my junior year, my second semester. And I was given the option to study abroad. Okay. And I studied political science. And one of the options I had was to study um, at Tel Aviv University. Hmm. and study Middle Eastern politics for a semester. So I'm like, sweet, let's do it. Yeah. And everything. And um, I went back. My program was about seven, eight months. Lived in Tel Aviv, right in the downtown Tel Aviv, in the Saron area. Yeah. Went, really got to explore the country. Got to travel around the world and Europe and everything had an incredible time. And at the end of it, I didn't want to leave. And I was like, I can't remember. I called my mom and I was like, Mom, I'm making all the, I'm joining the Israeli <laughs> military. And she's like, all right, relax your flights in two days. Right. You're coming home for the summer. Right. And you're going to finish your degree. And then if you still want to go to Israel, fine. I don't care, oh, okay, Do nice. what you want. And, um, I was like, all right, fine. So I came back, went, uh, came back home for the summer, fall, went back down to school, and I'm at that point where I'm finishing up the, my senior year, and everyone starts talking about their applying to jobs, internships, and doing that. Yeah. And I started doing that, too. And the whole time, I'm just like, screw this. Like, I want to go back to Israel. Like, right. This isn't what I want. Yeah. So then it got to about, I'd say, February of my spring semester of 2019. And um, I was just like, All right, like, I'm applying to Mikalea today. Yeah going on the website went on the website had my application approved all i had to do was go in for an alia interview uh a couple of, like a month later yeah at the embassy in chicago went in for the interview got clearance and They're like when do you want to go and then i had to, at that point i had like these ideas of moving here to join to like to join the military and join the sure. army just because my own like personal views about um stuff that's going on in, in the country and i was like all right well now I'm making Aliyah to a foreign country where I don't know the language. I want to join the army. I don't know how to join the army. Yeah. Spoke to a buddy of mine from high school that did the same thing, but made Aliyah right after high school. And he told me about Gareen Sabar, which is the program that that uh, we both went on and used to make Aliyah, or used to help us join the yeah. army. Yeah, they make
1: the whole process easier. Like, yeah. streamline all the documents, paperwork,
0: everything like yeah. that. And um, sign up for them. Had a couple interviews with them. One couple seminars. couple, yeah. And then we had a couple seminars in New Jersey where me and Jake met for the first time. Yeah. What, in like, kind of like the fall, a few months before we made it yep. out? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I um, had the second seminar. And then at the beginning of December, a friend of mine told me that he had an empty, like, an Israeli friend, one of my birthright soldiers. Nadav told me he had an extra bedroom if I want to come in early and stay with him. Yeah. So I was like, all right, like, I'm coming. And then... December 1st, 2019 was my flight. Had to fly from Chicago to Toronto. Had a horrible 12 hour layover with LL. Was not a fan of that, but yeah. two of our friends, from our program, Tomer and Yoni, picked me up mm. from the airport. And um, I remember seeing pictures. Yeah, uh, it was a snowstorm. <laughs> Friend Yoni's not the best driver in the world. Spun out on uh, the highway a couple times. Wasn't uh, sure if I was making my flight, but. Yeah. Um, in the end, all was good, and then we got here, which is where um, the whole journey kind of started. Um, to foreign, yeah. What was?
1: You're in a new country now. We can look. We could talk about the story of leading up till to today for, for hours. Yeah. But what were the main
0: difficulties moving to the new country? First things Hebrew. Yeah. Wow. Language. Um, yeah the language it's, it's not an easy language to learn no and um, it's something that we were we knew we had to learn in everything and this wasn't like we had years to learn it right uh, unless you knew you had this goal your entire life of moving to Israel and learning Hebrew a different story yeah but someone like me and you like a lot of people in our program had Israeli parents and they right, grew they up they came with in some, speaking yeah they grew up with some kind of Hebrew knowledge we had no clue right so that was the first biggest challenge um second challenge is i wanted to go to combat and i was out of shape i couldn't run couldn't do anything so just really trying to push myself and drop some pounds here and there was a big
1: challenge i totally forgot about but you have like a crazy story of how you ended up getting the, the unit that you wanted to
0: yeah so I was, so basically um our first three months in the army we were just learning hebrew and everything that was whatever yeah and then you get sent to a place called bakum which is like the military sorting facility and i had a 72 profile which meant i wasn't physically fit for to go to infantry so then i thought i'm like all right like i guess i'm going to like shirion which is the tank unit yeah because it was still like an important combat unit that was on my mind and as you get there one of the first thing well, it was, i don't know why like the first thing they did is they put you on a scale yeah and they, something like alerted them. They're like something's not right. So then they pull me, um, they pull me aside, and they bring me to the doctor. And I remember like I'm texting you. I'm texting other yeah. people. Like yeah. they like they might lower my profile again. Like I'm screwed. I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. I get in there and like I tell I keep telling her like I'm asking this doctor like don't lower my profile like want to go to your and she's like, Oh, I thought you're here because you wanted to raise your profile. So then they ran like all these tests on me hooked my heart up the things had me like jog on this like weird floor treadmill thing whatever and yeah. after that she printed out a piece of paper and she gave me the 82 profile for i'm smiling right now because like when it comes to success a big goal in my life was uh to serve as a combat soldier in the idf yeah and like she printed out that paper everything's negotiable here yeah yeah <laughs> really honestly as long as you're um You have a you have a strong uh, kind of backbone. You can fight your way. Yeah, that was crazy. I remember like
1: we're just we're in like I don't even know what rooms you were in doing all these tests, but we're just going through the normal thing, and I'm just getting texts like first like I think I'm I'm not even gonna be in the unit that I thought I was in, and then like oh wait hold on like I got there was a huge break in between the texts, so I was like super sad and like like bummed. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, wait, I'm going into an even better, or, yeah. you know, higher profile unit.
0: Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was pretty crazy. That was a wild, wild day of emotions. Yeah. And I just remember, um, and when you leave there, like, you go in, like, you go in your uniform and, like, you leave and whatever, and um, I'm just sitting on the bus, and I have my brand new red boots, and I'm yeah. like, holy shit, this is happening. <laughs> you did not wake up thinking no, I, you were to. No, know, I, I woke up thinking I was going to be sitting in a tank for the next few <laughs> years of my life, which is crazy. A great unit, yeah, super important, super, di- super, super critical, yeah,
1: but um, it wasn't my first choice. Sure. And so you got to the unit you wanted. What was other than the language, of course. What what do you remember? What the biggest, or I guess the time that you thought like, what the fuck am I doing here?
0: I remember there was one moment. It was. Um, well, there's many moments, but one of my first moments where I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Was, um, because it was so hot in the summer, my basic training base was just outside of an Israeli city called Arad by the Dead Sea. Yeah. And our, it's one of the hottest places yeah. in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> our draft class was August, uh, 2020. Yeah. When we got to our new units and during the day, cause it was too hot, they couldn't make us be outside or do anything physical. So we'd wake up at like three in the morning do all of our physical stuff, and then by, like, 9, 10 a.m., it's pushing 85, 90 degrees, going on past 100 by the early mid-afternoon. And I remember one day, I'm just in uh, a up time, which is a position they put you in. Like well, It's it's push-up position, but you're not doing yeah. push-ups. And where I'm in that, I'm just looking, like, straight ahead and seeing the sun come over the mountains by the Dead Sea and everything. I'm just thinking... What and we, we were like that for hours. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, what am I doing right now? Like, how did I get to this point or whatever? Yeah, and then after that, so like another kind of challenge that was hard to adjust to is, you know me, I can be I can be very mature and I can be very immature, yeah. kind of depending on my mood for the day. But at the end of the day, we came here, and we weren't 18 year old Israelis. We've all kind of had our own discipline in life, depending on whatever it is that we were doing. My, yeah. Mine what really kind of disciplined me was just going to college and living on my own for four years without my parents and um we were with a bunch of us we were with a bunch of 18 year old israelis who had just finished high school yeah and they, they go from high school into being into a military and that's a big jump i don't know how i would be able to handle it if i were them but it could be very immature and uh that was definitely something that uh the challenge it was just kind of quite quite annoying. Was there a culture shock?
1: Because, I mean, Israel and America is very different, but you are a very outgoing person. Yeah. So was that, because for me, I'm, I'm more of a bit of an introvert. Um, so here there's not much private, like private space isn't really a thing. Speaking very loud is a thing. And yeah. Like completely the opposite. So was that a
0: little bit of a culture shock for you? Or did you kind of adjust to that pretty quickly? I think I adjusted it at, at, to it pretty quickly because as i am an extrovert just because with my hebrew sometimes i'm not always the most at first i was very uncomfortable speaking in front of a lot of people because i assumed they'd laugh at me if i make a mistake but then i would end up making mistakes and laughing at myself anyways so i got over that very quickly but um there was definitely like the first like couple weeks i was just kind of like because right away like uh israel it's not a big country this this guy from Tel Aviv knew this guy's cousin from Haifa, and this yeah. guy knew that guy, and everyone kind of knew someone, and everyone became friends really quickly. And because of it, wasn't that there was a language? There was a language barrier because I I could really I, I can understand everything, but it actually took um, after like a couple weeks. Um, we had something called Shatash, which is in basic training, your last hour of. Um, they're kind of like the last hour of the day before you go to bed. You have yeah. time with your phone, shower, snacks, go smoke a cigarette, whatever you want with your friends. And um, I remember I would always like I would always sit with these two other um, lone soldiers, one guy from Sweden and one guy from New York. Yeah. Or just kind of like chill alone, which is as you said earlier, is really just loud and yelling. I kind of want peace and quiet. Yeah. And these two guys in um, in my or in my team, uh, one in Nitzan and one Omer came and they both spoke like decent English and they came and sat next to me and they said why don't you hang out with us like why don't you like you're always silent like around us like do you not like us like what the hell's the matter with you yeah and I was just like that's so Israeli yeah I was just like (laughs) I don't know I'm like honestly with my Hebrew like I don't know like I don't always feel comfortable jumping into the conversation and making a mistake and then derailing it or whatever and they're like they're like bro like no one gives a shit like come to the table, come smoke with us, come hang out with us, who gives a shit like, you're yeah. our brother, we want to get to know you and everything, and then after that, we all became great friends, speak to them every day. Yeah. And, yeah, but that, definitely a little hurdle a lot to get over. It is true. I mean,
1: I think in general, especially here, like, people don't really, like, give a shit if you're, you know, just beginning or whatever. Like, at the end of the day, you, you always build things in your head mm-hmm. bigger than they are. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, quite the quite the different place, but uh,
0: it's good that you you addressed it quickly. Yeah, and it's because if you think about it, like in America, you have people from every place in America. Like if we're talking about, like New York, Boston, Miami, the Deep South, the Midwest, yeah, L.A. From every different kind of region, everyone has different characteristics, and then if you look at it here in Israel. You have like the Tel Avivians and you have the people from the north and people who live on like a kibbutz or Moshav or live in a settlement or Arsim, Israeli rednecks basically. (laughs) And um, I've never heard of it described as that, but that's kind of good. That's when I have a great host family that um, when um, I told them, like, oh, what are you going to do tonight when I was leaving dinner? They're religious, so they don't go out on Fridays. and like, oh, I'm going to this club um tel aviv with friends salvata and they're like oh rc marcy more go there <laughs> i'm like like what is our they're like ah, it's these really rednecks that's he's so like, funny
1: that they described it like yeah that.
0: my host brother like described to me as like when you see the guys and um with all the same uh what's it called um a haircut with the same fades on the side of their head wearing either a black t-shirt and yeah. black pants which is <laughs> what I'm wearing today He's adapted to the culture wearing yeah, <laughs> yeah. a black t-shirt black pants or a white t-shirt and black pants with a yeah. gold chain around their neck Yeah, that's how you know you find the RCM. Mm-hmm. so I was like ah, oh, cool but uh, yeah it's, it's interesting for, for Israel being such a small country there is a solid amount of diversity
1: one thing I do want to ask we're getting to the end of the time here how has your worldview changed from Israel? Like as far as the American and I've talked about this with a couple of people I've had but on the podcast, but the American like lifestyle is more like go to college, kind of work yeah. for the rest of your life, and that's the path. So how has has it changed? Has your worldview changed? Has your lifestyle view changed since you've been here?
0: As in like the path that like you
1: a, want for yourself, I guess. Because most most of the people, sorry. Most of the people here they go to the army and then they go out they travel for three months to a year and then they figure out life as they go like there's no like really rush yeah.
0: I guess um yeah I'm very um I guess I won't say I love my path and yeah. how I got here to this day and I wouldn't want to change anything because there's so many people I've met along the way that have influenced me or effectively in a positive way or a negative way and I've learned a lesson about that um I don't know. It's 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 a hard question because things that that work for me don't work for someone else. Like honestly, when it was when it came to like school and growing up, I was I was never a good student. I was I was a BC guy. I was never sure. like an AB guy. Um, why'd I go to college, that's just what was put in my head. Everyone goes, you, you right. go to college right. and you get a degree. Can I tell you something right now? Do I remember one thing from college? No. I remember the life lessons I learned and everything, but all these like stupid lectures about. Well, I was a political science major about ancient philosophers that yeah. from thousands of years ago. That's not remember, what stuck. I don't, I don't remember anything about that. Yeah. I don't even. I, I I can I can maybe name off the top of my head three of my professors that I had in college out of the multiple ones every year.
1: Yeah. Um, so when you think about you probably maybe you did maybe you had a picture in your head of okay i'm going to go join the army and then i'll do this or do that did has did you have a view of
0: like i guess a, a bit of a plan and has
1: that changed
0: um no never like i can say in life like i've never really like I've never really like had a like a like a solid plan um, one step at a time yeah like one step at a time day by day and i think that's important People, people in life that have those plans, like, I want to be a doctor. I want to do this. Sure. I want to do that. That's great. That's amazing. Uh, like, I'm in full support of someone putting their mind to that. But for me, it's like I need to be doing something different, something like something kind of interactive. And if I'm not, then I get bored. And I change my plan the next day. It's something that really, really, really bothers my mom. Because it's a very um,
1: entrepreneurial trait. Yeah,
0: <laughs> because like my sister went to school. She knew she wanted to be a nurse or a physician's assistant. She went and did that. Yeah, and she was like the goody two shoes of the family. I was the one that kind of pushed everyone's buttons, broke boundaries, and uh, saw how far I can push my limits with certain thir- with certain things. Yeah. And um, um, mom didn't like that. And then my little brother, he has his own situation right now but still go to school real estate license go into that very uh straightforward i think um something i'd really i'd fear in life is having a simple life i'm not saying that's a bad thing but i want to be able to look back on my life and be like i can write a book about all the things i did Hmm. and have stories i want to be like an old guy i don't want to be an old guy right now (laughs) gray hairs are coming in and that's already enough yeah And, um, but I want to be able to sit down and, uh, you know, like tell my kids or whoever I'm with, um, 20, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, all the cool things I did in life. Not to like, not as a thing to like toot my horn, but like, depending on what your views are, um, some people believe in reincarnation, but that's a topic. It's a whole nother topic, but, um, I believe like you get one life, uh, might as well do it right and kind of go with with the flow and do what makes you happy.
1: I mean, most of the time, parents and people closest to us, they want stability and comfort for us, which is great, but um, that's not for everyone and uh, not for
0: you. No. So... uh... Yeah. No, it's like I get bored very easily and I need uh, constant change or something new or I need a challenge. Uh, Yeah, I like that. If I get get too comfortable in life, then I get lazy and it's just... It, it, just, it just doesn't work. And yeah, then, I completely get that. Yeah, because if, if you get if you get too comfortable and you kind of get in that hole, it can be tough to get out of it. A hundred
1: percent. And it can be tough to realize you're going into it. So Yeah, and uh, you don't know when you go into it right. until you're too far into right, it. Right, exactly. And then
0: that turns into a whole different situation.
1: Yeah. No, I
0: like that. I, I agree. Um,
1: So a way, the last question I usually like to ask, which I've found a lot of good answers from is, what do you, what are you most proud of in your life so
0: far? Um, it's a good question. It can take your time. I think, I think just me and like, like the, the memories I've made and everything, like the people I've met, like, I think it's, it's a kind of, it's kind of corny and cringy to say like, I'm proud of my life, but, um. Cause like I can go through all these different things. Like I'm proud that I that, like like finishing college was a big achievement for me. Then finishing the ar- army was a big achievement. Yeah. And like, those are two things like I'm re- I was really proud of starting my own business has been a huge process and we're not fully there and done with everything yet. Still lots of work to do every day. Yeah. But that's something I'm very proud of. I think like single moments that you're. Yeah. I think it's many refers the question again.
1: <laughs> well, no, you were answering it good. Yeah. I, I a lot of most people that have answered this, they don't speak about a single moment. They're like, the the progress I've made so far, are the person I am today. So yeah. I think that's kind of where you're oh, going with. Oh, okay, that. sweet.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I guess yeah, definitely the person I am today. Um, and just like, I like I feel like I do what makes me happy, and you know whether that's hanging out with friends, going out at night, traveling. Jake very well knows that I'm a big, big sports fan, watching sports and and all that, and I guess like I never, I don't ever want to have to change who I am. Yeah. And um, I think that also kind of ties back to success, accepting who you are and not changing who you are. Obviously, some things need to change here and there, but not changing your personality, like your interests in life and everything, just because society says you have to. Because if we all did what society said we had to do, we'd be super boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a good question. And I bet if you ask me the question tomorrow or next week or next month or next year, I'll have a completely different answer. Or I'll have the same an- answer, but just kind of with uh, more insight. Sure.
1: Yeah, I like that. Um, so the way that I've been closing out the podcast... Is we've been doing a little word association, so I put together some words here, and if you can give me like a single slash couple word answer, uh, that'd be great. Okay. So the first one is military. Tough. Tough. Partying.
0: Vibes. Vibes. Okay.
1: The Hebrew language.
0: Tough. <laughs> Miftah And uh, a word in Hebrew is uh, Miftah means accent For me, I never really figured out How to properly pronounce a reish And like a chet You have to say like chet Or like that or whatever And my accent, it's just something I've accepted That I don't know if I'm going to live in Israel my whole life I don't know if I'll be here for another Five years, ten years, who knows Or wherever wherever I'll end up But I've accepted, I'll never get the accent down And it's something that I can say something very simple And people will be like, ma, what did you just say? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, sports betting? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> that, I can't just give you one word. I, okay. I understand the point of this. I think I am a sports better. Yeah. Um, if any of you guys out there listening have good tips, <laughs> hit me up. Go follow him. Um, and uh, it's ups and downs and highs and lows. I told myself that I'll stop gambling on sports as soon as... Um, it severely negatively impacts my financial capabilities. So it's yet to do that. It's yet to do that. Okay. Let's knock on some wood for that. <laughs> and, um, but no, my whole life I've I've loved sports and putting money on it is yeah. just very entertaining for me. So there's the there's the answer. There's, there's the, the one paragraph. Word yeah. the paragraph association. <laughs> we might, might
1: get a hard. longer answer for this next one. We kind of need an explanation a little bit. So the last one's to be. To be what? To be. Oh, the alcohol the, the drink. Oh, <laughs> be is a, a specific alcohol that they only sell in Israel. Tubi
0: sixty is an alcohol that they sell in Israel and uh, a couple of uh, you can buy it in like New York and okay. I don't know like one place in Chicago. You can get it. It's an alcohol made in Israel. No one really knows what's in it. Like there's no like on the bottle there's no ingredients list. You can't really go online and like find hmm. out. No one knows what's in it. What I think about it, I like, guess the one word I'd give you is hangover because it's something that like on uh, like Birthright and when Americans first come to Israel they have to try two alcohols Tubi and Arak yeah. and neither of them taste very good but like it's just part of the culture I, here I
1: didn't like probably either when I got here but I've sort of grown like I, I like Tubi a lot
0: brilliant yeah see like I've grown to Arak like can I have Arak, can I have Arak? I and lemonade Arak and, Arak well. and yeah. whatever but if if, if this if this water was a glass of Tubi right now it wouldn't have been touched to the whole it. podcast gotcha. you gotcha all right. Well, um, thanks for being
1: here. Thanks for having. me. I thanks, really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks for you being here, man. If, Flying out here just to just to do the podcast. Just to talk to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, it's been a pleasure, and I hope that once we, you know, you get everything going and you're a little further along, we can share with the world what you got going on and tell a bit more about it. So, looking forward to that. Yeah, but I will put so. Max's socials in uh, his personal socials in the description. If you want to follow along, I'm sure he'll be posting there. Yep. But um, if you guys are interested in hearing more and have enjoyed anything from this past podcast, please follow along, subscribe, like it. It helps a lot. Uh, we appreciate the support. And stay delusional because success comes when you least expect it.
0: Yeah. want to thank you for having me on and taking the time. And this has been great, man. Appreciate it. We'll do it again. Yeah. Zoom. And if you're single, um, I'm single too.
1: <laughs> be Perfect. 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 <laughs>